welcome to the Better Everyday Coaching Podcast. Following on from a recent post on my blog, today we're talking about creative throws. I'm delighted to be joined by two of the most creative throwers I've ever coached. Orny Galhini, hello. Hello. And Connor Hogan, hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Uh, so I invited uh, Hoagie and Orny on here specifically uh, because as well as being great throwers, they also represent different phases in my own coaching career in how I thought about throwing things other than forehands and backhands. So let's give a little bit of background. Back in 2010, uh, I captained Hoagie on the Irish on 23 team. And one of my most shameful memories is yelling at Hoagie uh, during one of the training sessions because he had the gall to throw a very wide open hammer perfectly into someone's chest for a score. Um, at the time, I considered anything other than a forehand and a backhand complete sacrilege and way too risky to, to be thrown. Um, Hoagie, do you remember this at all? No, I think we talked about uh, we talked about this a little bit on a podcast last year, which I apologetically never released. Um, but yeah, I think I suppressed it. You must have scarred me with your critical feedback. You definitely never threw a hammer ever again after that. <laughs> no, no, I was done. What I'm done. Um, Onya's here because she represents my later and more enlightened stance on throwing as she scubered her way to a European gold medal. Onya, assuming you do remember that. I, I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you read the, the post on my Substack, um, you'll see basically what I'm advocating for is um, being able to, as a player, take on throws that aren't just forehands and backhands because there's going to be situations in a game where you're going to need a get-out-of-jail-free card or maybe by just throwing these, um, it's going to open up easy forehands and backhands in the crunch moments when you really, really want them. Um, but to kick us off here, um, we're going to come to Hoagie first. What creative throws do you regularly use? And I'm talking here, not ones you think you can throw, but ones that you actually do throw in games regularly. Yeah, so uh, when I think creative, I guess we're thinking like not just forehands, backhands. Um, not just, uh, yeah, your normal right-handed, open forehand, backhand. Yeah, cool. So um, I think one that I probably throw more than most is probably like offhand throws. Um, I'm thinking like high release lefty backhand breaks or just short range pops to kind of like an inside channel probably. Um, I also throw a decent number of hammers and scubers. Um, I think I occasionally will throw a no look, especially to break out a zone or a bit of a trap. Um, and then things like a no pivot or mid pivot backhand would be a little bit more creative while not too flashy. Um, I guess I've, I've practiced lefty flicks a bit recently too, but it, and I think they're serviceable, but probably not game ready when all the games you're playing are pretty high importance. So yeah, that'd be my, that'd be my bag. And how about you, Anya? Um, well, ob- the obvious one is the scubers. Um, different like angles of them. And then um, been trying to build up the hammers in game as well. In terms of like other types of throws, like high release um, flicks, I like onto the break side. Um, push passes, though people don't really like those ones. And then lefty, lefties, especially if you're sporting an injury, the, the offhand can be really nice for those situations. And then I suppose like even with hooks, like trying to get a good angle to like angle it over somebody or get it to a space that you want is a bit more creative. Um, for different situations and wind and stuff. Definitely. I think, again, 
was certainly very guilty of teaching and being taught at the start of my career that like every hook should basically just be like a flash, like start out inside, throw it straight in front of you, let us sit in front of the receiver. And I was only getting our ass kicked multiple times internationally by, you know, I always remember the Italians has probably been the best team for like just bending those forehand blades in and around a defender and you thought you were perfectly positioned as a defender and like, oh, that's not going to keep working. I very distinctly remember my first international tournament with Ireland in 2008 playing against Mooncatchers back in 2008 before they were the Mooncatchers it is now. They certainly threw the same way they throw now, which is big, aggressive hammers, big, aggressive blades and them scoring like seven in a row on us while our captains were like, they're not going to keep throwing those or getting away with throwing those. <laughs> so they just kept doing it over and over again. Um, so yeah, it's definitely uh, something I think we got a bit better at. For both of you then, with those, that variety of throwing, on your current teams, where would you say like you rank? Are you like the most creative thrower? What's the general level? Oh yeah, I reckon you're probably, yeah. Uh, is probably the most creative thrower I know that I play with. Um albeit we don't get to play with each other a lot these days but um yeah i reckon i, I don't know do you, do you disagree like i think you'd probably be the most creative throw on your team yeah i think definitely i would have been a few years ago i think people are actually trying harder to like having fun and trying to figure out different throws they have now like gravity this year like i think people were throwing crossfield flick blades and like getting throwing hammers and like obviously people had always been doing that but i think kind of expanding the whole team's vision is really nice. But I think, yeah, I was probably a bit more out there earlier on. How you about you with Reading? Uh, I think Andy Lewis is probably our most creative thrower. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly one of our riskier throwers maybe in the last season where like I'd, I'd try a lot of things and maybe not all of it will work out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely have a few nice little assists and moments from different games this year where I've thrown more expansively. Um, there's a really, there's a really tasty scuba I throw in the final of um, mixed nationals, which stands out. And I had one for the first goal, I think, against Groot at Euros, which is Harley's forehand. And yeah, it was, it was funny. Onya mentioned Harley's forehands in her kind of repertoire of creative throws. I'm proper bad at them like i just can't get them to sit flat so they always just like tail like curve oi um so yeah i was surprised i threw it to be honest but needs must this might be old man old man me talking but um i see you, you probably probably started on his career like eight to ten years ago every callahan video was just like had a, a hyrule's forehand segment in it and it was like oh hyrule's forehand is going to be the next thing everyone's going to throw them and now it's 2024 and like nobody throws them they're extru- like when i was putting together my clips for the article it was like there was no hardly forehands got one from tom trullet which is beautiful at world games but yeah, i just think as hoagie's found like most of the time you would think by throwing hardly forehand is an easier throw hardly forehands are very finicky i mean you both know i love hilary's i really yeah, I you both know my yeah. forehands in general <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, 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 I, I think they're both you don't get blocked on them like they're a really hard area to like st- to to stop. I get blocked yeah. on my other forehands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, top tip, anyone facing on you, put your left yeah. hand up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I um, I think it is quite often thrown. Maybe not on stream. Maybe people like don't want to throw it in uh, high profile games in case they get screwed up. But I see it thrown a lot. 
um, I don't know. I think that's interesting that you don't see it. I I mean I do see it. I just think it's yeah. It just it didn't kind of break through the Vogue the way like hammers and scubas sure. breaks it. Um, yeah. So scubas kind of had their moment around the same time and they didn't didn't quite push through in the same way either. Like the Nick Lance scuba, the big like thirty yard cross one. You don't see that mm. too often except for when Orny throws them really. Um, <laughs> for Bodie then, obviously you've got a a lot of different throws that you can throw. Um, what inspired you to learn kind of your favorite one? Something like Oni or probably Scuba, definitely Scuba. Hoagie, I thought it was your hammer, I think, because the first time I saw you was throwing like 50 meter hammers when you were just a, a little baby. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Onya, for the scubas, like, what inspired you to, to learn them and, and how did you then develop that from being like a fun throw, maybe that you were throwing around into an actual in-game weapon? Well, like, you, I assume you know it was you. And you just, like, don't take the credit. <laughs> I came to, like, a Java session and the, the whole session was just how to throw a scuba. That was, yeah, like, my, my first <laughs> indoor club session <laughs> in a tiny hall in the YMCA. Um, yeah, like, I think it was just, this, like, it was just normal from you guys. Like, I remember going to throwing sessions with Hoagie on the AstroTurf and, like, doing the kung fu throwing and stuff and just copying all of those and then just just copying everybody else's throws and I think they were a bit more accepted then and I just happened to have you guys as adjacent coaches who it seemed totally normal to do it and then obviously Callahan videos were my number one procrastination tool I'd say I've seen every single one from 2014 to 2020 um so I just copied every single throw that was in there. So that was really my kind of intro to it. I guess only like lots of people probably have that experience early on. Not a lot of people develop to the point where they're bringing it out in like proper tight competitive games. Like, have you got anything, any, is there any reason you think that you were able to kind of keep pushing from that? Like, oh, this is exciting. This is fun to throw around with my friends or in a casual training session to, oh, I'm just going to keep plowing through until this actually gets really good in a competitive environment. Really bored. So I don't really like just throwing like loads of flat forehands and backhands. I also hate throwing open, open side under throws. I, I think they're really hard. I think they have to be way more accurate. No, than yeah. they're, they're not hard. <laughs> open, open side unders are not hard to throw. That's your brain rationalizing that you don't it's like throwing. Because there's a defender like breathing down their neck and you have to like put it in the right space. Whereas like if you just throw it out into space on the break side, it's like much more room for error. <laughs> um, I think having people who could catch helped a lot. Um, and again, like playing with college at like club tournaments, I think we were going to turn over anyway. So you might as well just try turnover somewhere minorly more advantageous or like try get it off the break sideline somehow. Like I think it needs must. I think you said earlier, but um, yeah, I having people who didn't tell me not to do it. And then I had a few people in my ear, you know, telling me if the options were that was the right option, but or other times the wrong option. So shout out to Lizzie and Jen and Kleena for being my advisees on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I think I also could throw a scuba way better than I could throw 
other throws at the start. I just found it way easier to to do for some reason. Like I couldn't throw a flick for the whole first year. So I just practiced scubers instead because I can actually do them. That's fair. I mean, I had a similar experience where I couldn't throw a flick and my chicken wing was pretty badass. But my <laughs> never developed to the point where your scuba developed, unfortunately. I got told pretty quickly to stop throwing chicken wings and to learn how to throw forehand. Very disappointing. Um, Hoagie, what about you? I, I mentioned that hammer that you seemed to have from the moment you came out of the womb. But I, I did, how did you figure out throwing that and um, so, keeping it? Keeping it yeah, I think, I think like it's kind of a funny story when I think about it. And people at home might be like, not funny, but okay. Um, it was just like the third throw that we got taught. Like we were taught backhands and forehands because we we're like, here are the basics. We may as well like focus on those. And I think I must have missed a couple of school sessions because um, I came one day to training and people were throwing other stuff. Like people were throwing hammers and chicken wings and stuff. And me being the grumpy teenager that I was until I was like 26, um, I was like, what a waste of time. Like, this is absolute nonsense. Like, I'm just going to get really good at forehands, backhands. And yeah, it was kind of the third throw that we kind of had a little bit of like insight into how to actually throw it. And I genuinely think the first serviceable hammer I remember throwing was in that USA game at juniors in 2010, where we had just broken through a cup. I had the, the US defense kind of crashing all around me to get back between me and the end zone. And this huge, like six five, six six, deep in the zone was just baiting something for me to throw to Cottle Tuffy. And if anyone knows Tuffy, you know I just want to throw to him, irrespective of praise on the pitch. And the only throw that I thought, well, I have this guy blocking me throwing a backhand. The only throw I can actually get out quickly here is a hammer. And I just like blacked out for a second and threw it, and it's the best hammer I've ever thrown in my life, maybe. Um, and I think every game after that. At that tournament, I had a hammer assist, whether it was a long or a short one. Um, and I just came back and couldn't stop throwing them. And I don't really know when I got good at them, but in that game, it, it just all clicked. It was wild. And did you not realize after, after that that you could have kept your hammer assist in every game internationally going after that, or did you lose it like immediately? Um, probably did, that, was, that was 2010 that was yeah. and, uh, I was shouting at you for not, not two hours yeah yeah, yeah. well uh, to be fair um, Holborn was the two weeks it was two weeks after Florence so at Florence where I couldn't run because I was playing in trainers for the week because my boots were cooking my feet to a week where I could actually wear boots like it was just totally it was chalk and cheese um, yeah I guess in the years that followed I was playing on senior teams and I definitely had a few hammer assists along the way but I think I figured out how to throw forehands or backhands that weren't floaty sky balls for people to come down with. So I, th I threw those instead. Very disappointing. I was yeah, thought well, you uh, could have made better use of that hammer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I remember you asked me once, actually, when you were coaching UCD, and you said to me really early in the process of us like formulating our kind of playbook for the outdoor season, you said, Hoagie, how far do you think you can throw a hammer? Like, Could you go brick mark to end zone? And I could just tell in your head, you were like, could we have a set play where I have the team breaks mm -hmm. it? Everyone just kind of gets out of the way. We send one person to the end zone and I just ping it at them. Um, and we never did it. Yeah, yeah, Tuffy, for sure. I mean, we never did it in the end. Like, it was never a structured set play, but we found enough time for me to throw hammers at Tuffy all the same. Yeah, I was always disappointed we didn't make that more of a more of a playbook thing. It was such a, yeah. it was such a big weapon, such a cheap goal if 
could have set it up better. Um, yeah, I know I mentioned it at the start earlier about kind of pushing back on Hoagie's hammer. Um, but uh, Anya, have you had to deal with like pushback or pressure to ease off on scubers or other things in troll forehands or backhands instead, or have you not experienced that? No, I don't think I experienced it too much. I think if I went too mad, like, yeah, I think people would be a bit annoyed at me, but they were annoyed at me for going too mad with any throw. So I think it, it didn't really matter which one it was. Um, no, I was lucky enough. I think the main like thing to keep me in check was you saying um, you can throw anything you want as long as it's a completion. So left room for creativity, but also made it clear that like you can't be taking the piss either. So um, that was probably helpful for me. <laughs> so I probably wouldn't have stopped even if people didn't like it. I think I wouldn't have because I knew they were effective. So I don't think I would have stopped throwing them. That's a good attitude. Hoagie, what about you? You got much pushback apart from me. Um, there was definitely looks and glances and people being like, what are we doing here? Um, I think... More than looks and glances on some of those scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm self-aware enough to know when I mess up and whether or not I always showed like remorse for turnovers when I was younger. I think I was always the first person to be like, uh, that wasn't a good option or like I got away with that one um, I guess outwardly there's always that level of bravado where you throw something that's a bit dodgy and someone comes down with it and then you're like oh it's so easy so easy just to wind up the opposition um, and I think externally people are looking at me being like you didn't make that look particularly easy but um, I think we'd, said it, we'd say it anyway um, so yeah. in terms of like pushback and stuff sorry go ahead no I was just going to say like I think you practice throwing a lot and like same with me and people see you practicing so like if you've practiced it then the team is happy enough for you to do it whereas when you throw something that like you clearly yeah shouldn't have thrown and you definitely haven't practiced that's when people get annoyed I think yeah no I totally agree with that and like I think back to when Ian was coaching us or indeed where like we started then coaching other people in, in college it, it felt very like do a Hoagie says not what he does or do it on you says not what she does sort of thing and like you know we put in the hours here and like you know to, to use the common phrase like you aren't him um like yeah uh or indeed her like it, it's just funny to see like how we approach our own mistakes versus those of others who haven't maybe paid their dues to know and do you think um because i think both of you had like a similar enough probably start at middle and end and not end to your career start middle to your <laughs> careers um where you're on teams where very quickly or immediately like you were like probably the main handlers or the best throwers or one or two or three strongest throwers on the team where you probably did have that extra credit whereas like well we need Anya and Hoagie to to throw our scores for us so like they kind of can do it whichever way they want almost and we trust that they'll throw enough good ones uh in the long run um and i think that's a that's probably you're probably the prototypical people that are creative throwers because you've never really had the red light you've always kind of had the green light um and i think one of the hardest things is when people get to like the middle of their career having only been safe players who throw forehands and backhands and the conventional throws and then they're like either our team 
decides that they want to, you know, throw crossfield throws or they want to throw throws to the back of the end zone in the in the red zone or they just want to expand their own repertoire for their own good. I think that's where people really get stuck because yeah, you've got a status on a team because you're a certain sort of player that's kind of safe and does their job and then you want to maybe expand your throwing range but that kind of inevitably comes with the turnovers that you had when you're like your first second or third year when as I only said like you're playing college ultimate maybe against way better teams and it doesn't really matter like it matters at the time but it doesn't really matter in the long run so people are happy to put up with it um and only you just mentioned like gravity this year that you try to get them to expand their range a bit more like how do you think it's best for people to kind of get out of kind of break out of that mid career I guess that kind of box you put yourself in where I'm a certain sort of player and now I need to expand but inevitably you're going to break stuff while you, while you expand. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, if you were kind of that type of player that's safe on a team, I think trying to change in that environment is so difficult. Like, you, that's how you see yourself, that's how everyone else sees you. Like, they're not going to cut for those spaces, they're not going to go there because they don't expect you to do it like I think I'm such an advocate for playing loads of things like people don't really value like fun tournaments or hot tournaments or like lower level tournaments like beginner leagues like all that kind of stuff I think a lot of mid um kind of career people if they kind of get to a certain level of club or like international team they just don't play like lower quality things anymore and I think it's such a loss for people to expand their range that you need to have that environment and like you said like in college it's easy but you there's so many opportunities to find it elsewhere um and people should probably put that on their improvement list is to go to a tournament that you're just a random person on a random squad or bring your friends or whatever and have fun with it I think the people who get a lot of benefit out of that are people who don't get to go to windmill for example with gravity because half the, the the ones are on like irish teams who are going instead or like maybe it's toms or whatever the tournament might be and the ones who benefit are the ones who are like i'm gonna go play with johnny randomers from slovenia or wherever it is that like just need a couple of extra players and as you say they get to go and be this like anonymous person who can just like kind of pave their own way that weekend and throw what they want um I totally agree with Anya on everything she said there in terms of you need to go out and just like be the big player on certain things. Um, for for those like fun tournaments or less serious ones, I think where the problem comes in and we see it a little bit at Reading is where we have those less focused sessions maybe in terms of like performance and more of the kind of green light sessions. Um, so it could be our old club sessions where we have people from our elite mix team, um, our, as we call our invite open team, and then people who play on neither of those who are just kind of more of our club members. So we're all jumbled together. And what we find is there'll be people who are those mid-career trying to develop, who are like wants just a couple of shots to try stuff. But then you have people from like the elite or of that kind of standard who will attend the session. And they're just like, oh, I'll pick up the disc and just throw a hook or I'll be the first cut and I'll just like, I'll go deep for someone else who is able to like throw a hook. And actually the people who benefit from those sessions, I don't even know if the elite benefit from those sessions. Um, And it also just stunts the opportunities for those kind of mid-career players and middling players who are trying to like develop different things. Um, So that can suck. 
um, and you get unlucky when those opportunities kind of go missing. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's an interesting challenge as well that's kind of in the way when you're trying to attend some of those events. Yeah, and I always feel with with that sort of thing, like the, whatever those like mixed sessions where it's like, oh, okay, you have green light for everyone. People can throw the things like they're so sporadic and they're so random. And it's like, you both know, again, you didn't develop your creative throws in one session um, or two sessions or three sessions or like a year or two. Like they didn't get to the standard you want to be at now that quickly. Um, so, I mean, in some ways it's almost, almost unresolved. It's not quite unresolvable, but it's like, this is just like bad coaching for people started their careers. I think there's way too much focus, particularly in college of just like, we want to get a competitive team in three weeks time. So we're just going to tell everyone to like throw really safe throws and give the list to Anya, give the list to Hoagie and let them do all the throwing. Um, and that obviously then is great for the players. Like you get the benefit of it. Um, but then it's terrible for everyone else because their job is just to not turn over. Um, so they don't get, they get the, they get stuck in that trap. Um, so I guess anyone's listening to this. If you are coaching, developing players, like they're going to turn over. It's going to happen. They're going to turn over throwing forehands and backhands. Like let them turn over throwing other things like Ani was saying. Um not just forehands and backhands because um you need to get those game reps in early, I think. Uh if you are in that mid career and you're trying to change and go on your device is really good to try and find different environments where it is more acceptable to kind of um, is more sustained in just like a one off session, like a league or something or a ultimate or whatever it is in your area. There's going to be something where you can go and fling a scuba around or a hammer around or a chicken wing around, whatever it is that you want. Um, but you just need to get those reps in. Because I see a lot of people, and I got a few emails and stuff from people on the back of mine being like, oh, yeah, I'd love players on my team to develop a scuba, but like they have to go away and work on it and be good enough to be able to complete them in games before they bring it to sessions. I'm like, they're not going to be able to complete in sessions just by going away and working on it in the field. It does realistically not how it works. They need, like, you need to form that connection in your brain and be able to see the opportunity and execute it in the moment. Yes, people need to go and work away, work on it, the technique themselves, but the technique is like a third of the of what's needed to throw a good scooper or a good hammer or whatever in the game. That's my rant anyway. <laughs> I needed to do, needed to get that out. Yeah, you need you need a good someone to catch it too, though. <laughs> you need someone to catch it. That's like the exact role for. Like the experienced players in those mixed sessions as well. It's just be like, here, Anya, I want you to throw me three scoobers in this game. I'm just going to cut for a scuba over and over again. You better, you better throw me a scuba because I'm going to throw myself into the ground cutting for them. Um, but that's hard when there are lots of less experienced players and just not many of you. Obviously, it's hard to get that attention. So earlier in the career, the better. I think the other thing you can do as well is like if if you do want to really hone in on a couple of skills and you're not doing it necessarily in a game scenario you're doing it more in like drills which i'm not sure every coach that is in the in the discord loves drills but um if it's like a break mark drill for example and you know everyone's probably going to get about six reps maybe 10 reps like somewhere in between is that you enable them or remind them near the end of it for your last two reps maybe throw something a little bit more spicy so maybe you throw that off hand throw for a break side high release maybe you throw the scuba and like that's where you actually find oh, I can throw this throw, but actually my timing is non-existent because I've only ever thrown it to a static receiver. So now 
I have to dial in on like the lead part of this throw and the timing in the same way that I did initially with my forehands and backhands when I learned how to throw those. Um, and that's kind of how you build up the the game, I guess the game speed of when you, when you recognize the opportunity to throw those, when you execute it. Yeah, I because I really like those breakside drills. I think they're really good for practicing your timing. I think they're one of the few drills that really does translate well to game scenarios in a throwing context and yeah I always felt like I was cheating when I threw overheads like it just felt like I was cheating the drill and then often people would be like no overheads allowed in some of them or like in yeah. Luke Skywalker like you're not allowed to throw overheads so then it, it I suppose that would be how you're passively kind of limiting your players to their throws um so something for coaches to think about that's a great point and I definitely have done that a million times myself where I banned the overhead because it was like in Rondo where I was making it too easy instead of being like, hey, this throw makes this throw way too easy for the offense. <laughs> Maybe we should use that throw a lot because it's making things so easy. Instead of being like, no, we have to get good at doing things the hard way because mm, exactly. the hard way is more virtuous. Just like throwing open unders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're there, all right. Um, okay, a couple of quick questions to um finish up here uh, so i saw this one on reddit uh a few weeks ago uh just asking what throw do you think will become more used in the future so this doesn't necessarily have to be like oh one percent of people throw chicken wing now and five percent will in the future so that's going to be the throw that's more used it can be like hammers i think i mentioned it in my article like why why can everyone still not throw a hammer? Like, a hammer's been a good throw since I started playing, which was a long, long time ago. We've all known this. And yet, like, a quarter of most teams still have control a decent hammer in a game. Um, but yeah, for you two, so hammer is probably my answer. I think everyone should just be able to throw a competing hammer in a game um, when the situation is there. But for the two of you, what throw do you think is currently underused and over the next like five years you're going to see more people using them in games? Uh, yeah. I find hammers really hard <laughs> personally so I can see why people don't throw them um, I just think people need to throw lefties more lefties and push passes like little small dinky ones instead of a forehand I don't like the big wind up forehand for a one meter pass so I think that kind of stuff will start to come in a bit more yeah I agree more lefties please Hoagie off hands yeah, I think the Belgium ultimate hammer meta and scuba meta is doing the rounds at the moment. It's very popular um, since COVID times, if not beforehand. Um, I think they attack space on the pitch way better than most people and don't limit themselves to that open that scary open side under channel that only speaks to. You. Um, but yeah, I, I I just think like what a threat when someone's going deep and even if they're closely marked, they just throw to the space where the defender isn't. Um, and a lot of time that's upside down and it's fast and it's hard to defend. Um, I also had off off hand throws and you know I think Anya is probably the only person since the Nick Lance Scuba video who has really utilized scubas in the way that they could be. Um, at least in, in Europe, she's one of the few. Um, and I just think like scubas aren't that hard and they don't have to be 40 meters and they just totally underutilized. So that they're probably the three um, offhand hammers, scubas. Yeah. It was just, they sit so beautifully on the break side. I just don't understand how people don't just throw them as leading passes. I've seen a few more. 
like I think um like again speaking of Dodgers, like Mooncats are a team that use a lot of scubers, like Orlovskis in particular. Like but he uses quite often against zones as like little pops over the top to again kind of stationary people. So yeah, I agree. Like Oni's one of the few that you see actually throwing them out into space um for people to run onto Nick Land style. Uh, can I can I jump back in? Sorry, but to to the the moon catchers example, um, we've mentioned Orlovskis and obviously both the Yonkers brothers are mad from them as well. Do you think there's something about being like six three plus that helps? <laughs> like I was just thinking, like there's definitely other people who throw them, but those three are pretty iconic for overheads, and I just think being a huge human being with long. Uh, yeah, same. Like, like, yeah, yeah audience scoopers are definite proof of that. Um, I mean, it definitely, the release point definitely had. Personally, it's being able to see the space, being able to see over your mark helps a lot. I wouldn't know anything about that also, um, but I can see it in other people. I mean, I just like having that natural high release point, it just makes it a, basically a free break. Whereas yeah. for people, the statue, statue of the three of us, like throwing a scooper. You have to still go quite up and over the mark's hands quite a lot of the time, uh, which adds a bit of challenge. So, I think it was my least my least blocked throw when I started playing. I remember Sarah Sarah blocking me my open side backhand when I played Cork Open the first time. She just absolutely humbled me, <laughs> and then people couldn't block the scoopers. So then I just had to throw them because they were blocking all my other throws. What a bully! <laughs> Uh, all right, move on to final question then. Um, so we'll start with Hoagie here. If you could throw one throw with your left hand as well as you can currently throw with your right hand, what would it be? Backhand hook. I'd say my What's backhand hook's my, my, backhand my left, lefty backhand hook, yeah. I think my I think my backhand hook's probably my best throw at the moment. Um, I figured out at some point in the last few years just like, really good touch on it um an angle and I, I feel like i don't get forced backhand enough so it's real sad um but playing with why. marius yeah, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um but i just think as like a, a team we we rarely see it i think then playing with marius hutchison who's one of our lefty deal on handlers who picks up the disc and every single throw is just going to be this like insane coast to coast hook and he's lefty and i'm just like uh, I just like to be able to do that rather than being forced upwind flick for 15 points in a row. So, yeah, maybe it's a lefty thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think backhand, lefty backhand hooks pretty OP. Pretty nice. Anya, what about you? Uh, like, I, it's obviously a scuba. I'm surprised. Like, your lefty scuba's got to be pretty close to your. I mean, it's obviously your righty scuba is incredible. But your lefty's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't quite figured out the pivot for it yet. Oh, you can't really pivot for it. That's true. You just need to yeah. stretch I have it a bit more. Yeah, like fully backwards to get the same like rotation of your body, uh, or, or else you absolutely whack your marker in the face. <laughs> a little pop lefty scooper is such a nice. Yeah, you're very good at them. Yeah, I was always jealous of those. I can't quite get them. I think I think Ian was never. He was never precious about them being particularly flat. Like he just he was fine with them being competed. So just like would eat them like into that space. And if it was like flat or fading towards his guy or away from his player or whatever, he's just like, if they catch it, like I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> Doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. I mean when you're throwing to Liam and Keith a lot and it's, it's easy. It really helps. Um, all right. Um, 
Hoagie, Anya, thanks for joining and chatting about all your creative throws. Um, it was great to have you on the podcast um, on a very stormy evening here in Dublin. Um, yeah, we'll be back soon discussing more Ultimate Topics. If you uh, have any suggestions, please feel free to let me know uh, on my Instagram. DM me the topic you want us to discuss. Thanks, everyone. Good night.